You ever been there? It's like, starting over is, I'll just wash the game upside down. It's easier, right? I mean, starting over is so painful and so hard. And, and yet when we, you know, we actually get the gumption to start over. And, and, and yet, you know, so many times when we start over, if we don't, you know, take care of some things on the backside, um, we, we end up starting over and starting over and starting over. And, you know, it's one thing to turn the TV up, you know, right side up. But when it comes to life, I mean, if you've lived enough life, you've started over in some things, right? I mean, you started over financially several times. You started over maybe in your career a few times. And, and maybe you're just like, man, I just keep kind of going from job to job to job. And maybe in your dating life, you're like, I just feel like I'm on this repeat where I'm, you know what, I'm, my, all of my dating, it's like they all end up the same, and I just, I'm on repeat, and I'm starting over, and I'm starting over, and, you know, maybe it's, you know, an area where maybe it's like marriage, it's like, man, alive, I burned through that marriage, and then I burned through the next one, and I'm burning through the next one, it's, it's kind of like, man, it just keeps, kind of keeps chasing me, and I'm tired of starting over in all of these areas of life, but I don't know exactly what is going on, so in this series, starting over, we want to we want to talk about a few things to make sure to ensure that next time won't be like last time. To ensure, like you know, that next time it's 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 not going to end up the same way as it did last time. And so we're we're going to talk three weeks in this series, and and uh, here's what we're going to talk about: we're going to own it, we're going to rethink it, and then we're going to release it. So today is own it, and, uh, and owning it is not any fun, right? It's kind of like, well, you know, Eric, I'm sure that, you know, someone needs to own it, and for some, you know, for someone, this message is going to be helpful, but for me, there's nothing to own, right? Because it wasn't my fault. It's never my fault, right? It's never your fault. It's, it's someone else's fault, and and as long as it's someone else's fault, well, you know what? As long as I separate myself from them and I just go on, and maybe if I find the right person, maybe if I find the right job, maybe if I find the right boss, maybe if I find the right, you know, uh, education, if I find the right teacher, if I find the right, maybe if I do that, you know, and then I wouldn't have to start over. And so if I could just do that, because it's someone else's fault, it's never my Fault. And so we end up never owning what our share of whatever was in the past is, and so we just kind of carry it with us on into the future. And whenever we do that, the past shows up in our future. So your best bet, my best bet for a successful future is to own our share of the past. And yet there's something in us that doesn't want to own it. There's something in our, hu in our human nature, I mean, all of us are in the same basket to together. It's, it's like, it's not just one person that's like, well, you know, they don't want to own it, and, and it's easy for this person to own it. No, it's not easy for any of us to own it, right? I mean, we would much rather focus on someone else rather than owning our share of what maybe went wrong in the past. And it's so interesting because when we turn to the scriptures and, and look at it, you know, there is a very, and, and even the source of where this came from, where in human nature this comes from, that we, we don't want to own things, and we, you know, the opposite of owning something is blaming someone else. It's kind of like, 
Where did that come from? Because that's in all of us to want to blame and not take ownership of, uh, of maybe what our you know, responsibilities um, have been and the breakdown of whatever it is that's in our past. And, uh, and, and the, the most you know, relatable uh, story goes all the way back to Adam and Eve. And, uh, and you might be watching online, maybe you're in-house, you're not a Bible person, you don't necessarily believe the Bible's inspired, um, you're not sure about Jesus, not sure about God, you're, you, you're skeptical of the whole, of the whole thing. And, and maybe you grew up in church, um, and, and Adam and Eve was, was fine then, but then you went off to college, and you know your professor at college was like, actually, Genesis is just a creation myth along with a bunch of other creation myths, because there's a lot of creation myths. And, uh, and, and so you walked out of coll- that college class and was just like, man, my, my preacher lied to me, my Sunday school teacher lied to me, but, you know, my college professor, they kind of, they're smart, and they, you know, they set me straight. And so you've never kind of looked back. You, you don't necessarily think it's inspired. So... I just want to let you know, if, that, if, if you're in that camp, um, we take uh, the story of Adam and Eve seriously, not just because it's in the Bible, but we take the story of Adam and Eve seriously because Jesus took the story of Adam and Eve seriously. And you've heard me say this a thousand times, you'll hear me say it a thousand more, a thousand more times, but... If any guy can predict his own death, burial, and resurrection and pull it off, we just go with whatever he says. That's what we do. And so Jesus took the story of Adam and Eve seriously, so we take it seriously. Now, so, you know, if you're not in that camp, you just need to know as as Jesus followers, as Christians, that's why we take it seriously. If you don't think the the Bible's inspired you know what, that, that's fine if you can't go, go that far. But here's the thing. Um, even if you don't think it's inspired, you're watching, you, don't, you, you, don't, you wouldn't say, no, I don't, I don't think it's inspired, and maybe not from God. And you just view it as literature. That's okay. Um, you, you should read it anyway. You should read it anyway. You, you should pick up the scriptures and read it. Because I'm just telling you what, the, the insight into human nature and what we're going to look at this morning should, should so startle you to a point where you're just like, I want to read the rest of what this author wrote, because this is unbelievable. The insight into this ancient, 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 it's not like triple ancient, it's like 10x ancient, ancient literature. I mean, this is as old as old literature could ever possibly get. And the insights into human nature is so insightful, it's so powerful even if you don't think it's inspired, you, you should read it. It's unbelievable. Now, we as Christians, Jesus followers, we believe it's inspired. We, we believe it's from God. But I'm just telling you, the insights are unbelievable. So a little bit of context. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created, and there's a lot to unpack right there. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to have all kinds of fun. I want you to to govern the earth. I want you to have all kinds of babies and fill the earth, govern it, multiply, 
And here's what, you, here's what I want you to do. And I'm going to give you one rule. Out of all of the trees, you can eat the fruit on all of these trees. I mean, they're everywhere. You can, re, you can eat the fruit on all of these trees. Just this one tree, don't eat the fruit off of that one. And you know what? You can grow all of these different crops. You can have gardens everywhere. You can have potatoes, <laughs> gravy. I mean, who doesn't want potatoes and gravy? I mean, potatoes and gravy and, 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 and corn and beans and squash. I don't I mean, I guess you could have, you know, and some of that other stuff that some of you think is all right. But anyway, you know, it's, you can tolerate it. You can, you can have all of that. It's just this. You ever thought about when God had the world exactly the way he wanted it, do you know how many rules there were? One. I mean, you couldn't make that up. I mean, are you kidding me? When God had the world exactly the way he wanted it to be, there was no need for a whole bunch of rules. And for some of you, when you think of God, you think a whole bunch of rules, don't you? But when God had the world exactly the way he wanted it, there was only one rule. And it wasn't even a hard rule. It's like, that's easy. But Adam and Eve are like you and me. When we're told not to touch something, when we're told not to do something, we get a little bit curious, don't we? It's kind of like, well, I wonder what would happen if I did actually do that. And so they did. And when they did, sin entered the world. Now, you might be in-house, and maybe you're watching online, and you don't like the word sin, you don't like the word sinner, and you certainly don't like being labeled a sinner, and, and that's okay. If that's you, I would just, I would just say this to you. See, you even have a hard time keeping your own standards. I have a hard time keeping my own standards. I like a clean house, but Jen and I, we're empty nesters now, and, uh, and so it's just us two, so there's not a whole lot going on, you know, and, and we, we're using this, the same bathroom, and, and it's, you know, it's kind of like, you know, we should probably clean that, you know, and, but it's just the two of us, and, you know, and then after a while, you're kind of like, you know, we should probably invite some guests over, so we'll be motivated to clean the bathroom, right? <laughs> what is wrong with us? Like, we can't even keep our own standards. So we had, the, we had family over yesterday. Guess what Jen and I were doing yesterday afternoon? Cleaning the bathroom. I mean, what is it in us? We, we, we're, we're not disciplined. We, we can't even do the things. We don't exercise as much as we know that we should. We know what's right, but we can't even do what we know we should do. I mean, there's some, something along the line, something got messed up. Christians just say, this is where we got messed up, and we get to blame it on somebody. Adam and Eve, it was their fault, right? So if, you, if you're not a Christian, I don't know who you blame it on. It's kind of like, but something's gone awry. So, you know, we, we say things to people that are hurtful, and we know we shouldn't, but we keep doing it, and, and, and we know we shouldn't do it, but we do it anyway. The Bible just calls that sin. You can call it whatever you want, but when... Adam and Eve sin, sin entered the world. And what happened next is maybe you know, the only reason you, you should walk away with something this morning. But 
What happened next, you would think that when relationship was broken with our Heavenly Father, that we, you know, they intentionally rebelled, they intentionally did what God specifically told them not to do, and they knew what they were doing, but they did it anyway. You would think, you would think that God would be like, then I'm done with you. You know what? You can go do whatever it is you want to do. I'm going this way. You go that way. But we're not going to have a relationship. I don't want a relationship with you anymore if that's what you're going to do. You would think that, and, and he would have been right. He would have had every right to do that. But you know what? The first thing our Heavenly Father did when sin happened is he pursued Adam. And, Eve, and he didn't pursue them to bend them over his knee. He pursued them to restore a relationship, even though he knew there was no way. When Jesus died on that cross, there was absolutely zero guarantee that anyone would choose to put their faith in him, that re that relationship would be made right. And he went and he did it anyway. That's what kind of God we serve. That's an amazing, amazing God. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid, because that's what we do, right? They hid from the Lord God among the trees. One of the first things that we do when we know that we've done something that we shouldn't do is we try to hide it. It's human nature. You're wondering, where did that come from? It came right here. The first persons on the planet, when sin entered the world, and they did something they knew they shouldn't do, they hid. Then the Lord God called to the man, where are you? This is, this is hilarious to me. Now, you know, sometimes we just read this and we, we don't take a long enough time to think about, you know, the situation, but this is just hilarious because this tells me that Adam and Eve um, had not discovered hide-and-seek yet, so they, they were hiding, but they weren't very good at hiding, because check out what happens. The Lord God says, where are you? He replied, why would you reply if you're hiding? I mean, I'm thinking this is the first eye roll because Eve had to have been looking at, at Adam going, shh, no, quit, no. The first eye roll, I think, happened right at this moment. Where are you? Adam replies, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. Brilliant. Now you're not hiding, you're found. I was afraid because I was naked. In other words, I'm feeling something I have never felt in my entire life up to this point. I don't know exactly what it is, but it's fear. And why am I experiencing fear for the first time? And why am I feeling shame? Two brand new emotions, negative emotions, that I wasn't feeling before, and since I'm feeling these, these make me want to run and hide. And we've been hiding ever since. 
So interesting. Who told you that you were naked? In other words, who told you you were guilty? Who told you you were experiencing shame? Who, Who told you that? Someone must have revealed that to you. The Lord God asked them, have, have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? Adam said, and he replies, yes, I did. And I take full responsibility for my actions. Do with me as you will, but leave Eve out of this. She's innocent. Okay, about 10 of you went to Sunday school. I don't know what happened to their. That's what he should have said, right? He should have said, I take full responsibility. I'm stepping up to the plate. I'm being a man. It's my fault. But no. What, what did he actually say? The man replied, It was the woman you gave me. It was the woman you gave me. She gave me, and you gave me the fruit, and I ate it. You gave me the woman, she gave me the fruit, I ate it. So in other words, God, Eve, this is your fault. So I tell you what, I'm just going to stand back, and you two work it out. You, you two work out, you know what, the, the whole situation, and when you come to some kind of resolution, you can come to me and apologize because this is not my fault. And you know what? This is true. It just isn't the whole truth. And isn't that exactly what we do? We tell our story about what happened, you know, at the job, what we happened with this, you know, person we were dating, this, you know, what what happened with, you know, this marriage that went south. You know, we tell our story, but we leave out the part that was our part. And it might be true. I mean, this part that you're telling, it could be, it certainly could be true. We just... We just left out part of the truth. That's not owning it. That's casting the entire blame on someone or something else. So we hide and we blame and we don't own it. And so it shows up in our future. So interesting, so God asked the woman, what have you done? Well, the serpent deceived me, she replied, that's why I ate. In other words, it's not my fault either. And you know what? This was true. It just wasn't the whole truth. And there we go. That's why it is in human nature, human nature is, is we want to blame and, and, and have everyone focus on the other person and the other situation and, and the fact of everything of why it isn't my fault. And, but we don't want to own 
What we know deep down was our part. And so we start over, but when we start over, the past shows up in our future. And we find ourselves starting over and starting over, and it's the interesting thing. It just is kind of like, I am wherever I go. I'm like the common denominator in every situation that keeps going south. And so if we're going to stop doing that and we're going to start over in a healthy way, we got to own our slice of the past. You see, we cannot blame our way into a better future. You will never, ever blame your way into a better future. You can blame your way into the future, but you'll never blame your way into a better one. Blame enables us to smuggle our issues into our future. See, if we keep telling the story that 90, this 90% true, then after a while, we just begin to believe it's the whole truth, when in fact it's not. And we smuggle this piece of what we should be owning and what we should be surfacing and what we should be saying out loud and we're not going to do that, so we just smuggle it with us into the future, and it resurfaces in our, all of our next financial dealings, in all of our next relationships, in all of our next jobs. It's there. See, blame sets us up for a repeat performance. Jesus said this profound, profound thing in the Sermon on the Mount, and sometimes we just kind of read right through it, right past it, and and, and, and don't give much, you know, credence to it. But in Matthew 5, 8, Jesus said, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart. In other words, Jesus is saying there is a, a correlation, there is a relationship between the purity of your heart and clarity. There's a relationship between how how pure your heart is and how clearly you're able to see things. And when your heart is all muddled up and your heart gets all muddled up when you're smuggling your past and you won't own it and, you, and you're carrying it with you into the future and it muddles up your heart and when your heart is all muddled up, the, it, you don't have clarity, it's foggy. And when you have clarity, you and I, we make way better decisions. It's, it's profound. And so one of the ways we clear up our heart is to own our part of the past, as hard as that is. So you should have gotten a, uh, a wooden nickel, a wooden disc on your way in this morning. If you're online, man, I'm so sorry uh, that you don't, you don't have one. If you're in-house, you want to take that thing out. Um, hey, Taylor, do you got yours? Can I borrow it for a second? Thanks, man. I had two of them, and then they disappeared. All right, so uh, I went to uh, confession. I, I went to uh, Hobby Lobby yesterday because I'm like, oh, surely they have these in bulk. Uh, no, there's like 25 of them. So one of, some of you must have bought the rest of them. I don't know. Um, so I'm like, doggone, I really, really want to give this to every single person. 
uh, who comes in. So um, I bought some dowels that were like this long. I bought five of them. I spent some time at the table saw yesterday, just like 500 of these. I don't know how many. There was a kajillion. I don't know how many that is, but that's a lot. I was tired at the end. I can tell you that much. So um, since I work so hard, would you, you know, just humor me? And, uh, and, and, and what I really want you to do is I want this to be a reminder for you. And so um, I want you to put it in your pocket and uh, keep it with you. And when you pull it out, um, I hope it bothers you until you finally break down and actually do the exercise I want you to do. All right? There you go. Oh, my gosh. Fumble. That's all right. <clears throat> um, so here's, here's what I want you to do. I, I want you to take it. This, this whole circle, you know, kind of represents the, the circle of blame, of everything that contributed as to what went south, the fact that you had to start over. It, it represents everything there is to blame that contributed to why it is you have to start over, okay? So, the circle of blame, everything that contributed to the fact that you have to start over. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to go home, and I want you to draw a circle on a sheet of paper, and that represents, you know what, everything that contributed, and then I want you to put on that circle your slice of, of what went wrong. Your slice, you, what, what, this was my part. This, this was my fault. This, this is what I did to contribute to it. Now, don't do this, right? Oh, I think it was 50-50. No, you don't. You don't think it's 50-50, right? You don't even think it's 75-25. It's probably more like this, right? It's like, it's 90% their fault. Now, I might, you know, my communication skills, you know, I might have had a thing, you know, I kind of have this habit, you know, I kind of don't, I mean, I, yeah, I didn't call, I mean, I should have. But it's only 10%, right? Okay. So you, you draw on that circle, this, this, is, this, is, this is my slice. And I'm going to own my slice. And then I want you to write down I want you to write down what it is that was your part. I, I could have done this, but I didn't. That's my part. It's my fault. And then I want you to, uh, this is really dangerous. If you're feeling extra spiritual, you can do this. Say it out loud. Just make sure no one's around, right? Just say it out loud. Privacy of your you know, room, office, wherever you might be. Okay, so I'm just telling you, you make peace with your past by owning your peace of the past. No matter how painful it is, emotional it is, and embarrassing it is, but the more difficult, the, more, the, the, the amount of embarrassment that it is, how painful it is, it, it's going to... It's going to make you not want to view this as my fault. You know, if the level of pain is way up here, it's going to be hard for you to see any part of it as your fault. If the embarrassment is way up here, it's going to be hard for you to see that this is any of my fault. So 
you just need to know that owning your piece of the past, it's going to be painful. It's going to be emotional. But mostly, and you just need to know this, but hey, we're all in the same camp together, okay? You're not alone. We're all, we've got some friends. It's just, it's embarrassing. Sometimes it's just embarrassing, isn't it? That's okay. That's part of owning your part of the past. Here's the other thing you need to know. You need to know that owning your piece of the past will take the zing out of your story But as the temperature comes down, your clarity will increase, and you will make wiser decisions. See, this is what you're going to be tempted to say. You're going to be tempted to say, if I own my part, I can't stay as mad as I've enjoyed being mad. That's why it kind of takes the zing out of it, huh? Because you like telling your story to all of your friends and you tell your story to all of your friends and, and, and it's painful and it's emotional and, 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 you, and you tell them and you, but you kind of leave the 10% out that's your deal intentionally because that would kind of take the zing out of it, right? That would kind of take the temperature down. If you said, you know what, and they did this and they did that and they said this and they said it like this, but I didn't call and I could have done, you know, and I didn't, and it just kind of, just kind of takes the zing out of the story, doesn't it? And it takes the temperature down. And as the temperature comes down, you start to have a little bit more clarity. And when you have more clarity, you make better decisions. I'm just telling you, this is why we say following Jesus will make you better at life. Because this is a Jesus principle. So I, I want to give you uh, a, a few examples. And these are, these are awful examples, but kind of painful. Um, you know, I, I could have left, but I didn't. I could have gotten out of it. But I was so worried about what other people thought of me, I just went ahead and went along with it. That's my part. That's my fault. Yeah, someone trusted, someone that I trusted told me, warned me not to go through with it, warned me not to say that, warned me not to sign that, warned me not to go out with them, warned me not to call them back. Someone I trusted warned me, but I just, I just, I just pushed them aside. That's my part. I, I'm going to own that. That's what I'm talking about. And see, I think as you start writing these down, some more are going to come to mind, and you're going to start, and pretty soon you're going to be like, you're going to start surfacing a whole bunch of stuff that you can then own. And when you own it, you actually have an opportunity then to heal from it. If you never own it, it's just going to keep showing up in your future. So crossing, the next time can be better than the last time, but not because you want it to, not just because you hope it to be, but because you plan for it to be. And owning your past is how you plan for it to be better in the future. 
crossing. May we be a church that as we do this, this is part of following Jesus really well. And as we do this, may, may we be reminded that we are all broken. And may we be a church that doesn't look at someone who's starting over and cast judgment in the fact that they have to start over. May we reflect back to us, ourselves, and, and realize there's been so many times I've had to start over. And may we reflect the, the heart of our Heavenly Father when Adam and Eve had to start over. He didn't run away in the other, in the other direction and cast in condemnation on them, but he actually provided a way. He wanted a relationship restored with them. May we be the same way as a church. Realize that we are broken as well. May we extend grace to those who are starting over, no matter how many times they've had to start. So, you've heard me say this before. If we're going to be a church, let's be a great one. Let's not just be an average one. Let's be a great one. And this is one way for us to be a great one. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for loving us enough to pursue us even though there was no guarantee we would return the favor and want to have a relationship with you. Thank you for this insight. And Father, I pray for those that this is brand new information for them that it's like, whoa. And this assignment, I, I pray that that they would carry this disc around with them and they'd pull it out and and they'd feel bad for throwing it away because it took me a lot of work to do it. And so they would actually do the exercise, God. And they'd actually follow through and do something about it. And I pray that you would help them, because this is going to be painful, and it's going to be emotional, and it's going to be embarrassing, it's going to be hard. But God, on the other side of it, it's going to be a cleaner heart. There's going to be way more clarity. They're going to be able to make way better decisions. So God, I pray for that, in Jesus' name.